And that is our prayer this morning, Lord. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need your tender care. God, that is true in this season of life. And we pray that you'd pour out your spirit upon us, that you'd speak to us through your word now by your spirit. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome, everyone. Obviously, we're trying something a little bit new today and doing the message uh, by video, so it's, it's good to be with you this morning. If you're a guest to Fifth Church, to the online uh, kind of version of Fifth Church these days, we welcome you. My name is John Sherrill. I'm a pastor here at the church, and it's good to be worshiping with you. Uh, we're continuing today our sermon series uh, titled Following Jesus. And um, as we've been saying throughout the course of this series, it's intended to unpack the implications of Easter for us. And I hope that in doing that, these haven't been just theoretical kinds of ideas. These really are, are, are the foundation stones of following Christ, what it means for us practically in our everyday life, that Jesus is alive from the dead right now. And we've been kind of chipping through those realities. And the first is that when we come to Christ, we get a new life. Our, our life is brand new. We don't just uh, uh, accept a new religion or get a new spiritual outlook or something. The Bible is quite clear that when we come to Christ, our life is made entirely new. That's the first thing. The second is that that life is to begin looking more and more like Jesus' life. We're called to be like Jesus. And God is working that out in us. That's not something we create on our own. We cooperate with God in that process. Uh, but God, by his spirit, is conforming us to the image of Christ. And then a couple weeks ago, we talked about identity, that as we come to Christ and because Jesus is alive right now, when we come back into relationship with him, that's an identity-producing relationship. And we step back into our true identity as children of God. And then last week, we talked about purpose in life, because when we come to Christ and, and understand and realize that he actually is alive right now and the, the living, reigning, ruling king of the universe that we have tremendous purpose in life because we've been restored uh, to, to that place of being God's agents in the world, which is how human beings were created to be in the beginning. Uh, but now we're agents of God's mission in the world, specifically ambassadors of Christ, uh, says the Bible, as though God were making his appeal through us, that God wants to involve us in his great renewal project uh, of the world, which really is the family business for the family of God. So, we have new life. That life is to look like Jesus. We have identity. We're the children of God, and we have purpose as God's agents in the world representing the kingdom uh, to the world. So from a practical perspective today, I want to pose some questions to you in this regard. New life in Christ. I mean, how might you today flame that new uh, life into fire? What could you do today to, to uh, uh, foster that, that kind of newness of life? By the Holy Spirit, God is working on us to make us look more like Jesus. So in what way might you cooperate with the Holy Spirit today in what God is doing in your life? Maybe, maybe there's a place you've identified as resistance or, or maybe that's a, 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 a battle you've been fighting. I mean, how could you stop um, resisting what the Lord is doing in your life and choose to cooperate today? We're children of God and we can relate to God in the same way that Jesus did. So uh, what might you do today to demonstrate a childlike trust in God? Where are you feeling that kind of need for that perfect, loving, heavenly Father to come and embrace you and you simply to rest in, in God's arms? How might you practice that today? 
And finally, if our purpose is to represent the kingdom of God in the world and to serve as ambassadors of Christ, what creative ways um, might you do that today? I mean, who, who needs a word of encouragement in your circles of influence? What friend or family member or neighbor might need a phone call just to check in or some demonstration of kindness? Uh, we were part of a, uh, have been part of a couple drive-by birthday parties the last couple weeks, and those have been pretty amazing. Uh, so there's all sorts of creative options. So how might God be calling you uh, to demonstrate the kingdom today in this world in which we're living, which is in crisis and needs demonstrations of the kingdom, right? So our, our trust in Jesus and in these kind of core foundation stones of the faith, these realities that we have new life, that it's Christ-like, that we really are the children of God and that we have tremendous purpose in life, aren't just theoretical ideas. They're the handles to which we can cling to in difficult times. And, and they help us not just survive the hard times, but actually figure out how to thrive in those hard times. So it's with that invitation, we turn to today's theme, today's message, listening to Jesus. And really of everything we've talked about so far, this one possibly could be most important in a season like this with the pandemic and the quarantine and the stay home, stay safe order and all of that. What could be more helpful than sensing that you've really heard from the Lord if you're feeling adrift or disoriented or disheartened? Uh, what could be more encouraging than sensing that the Lord has actually spoken to you and you've received guidance from Jesus? So that's what we're going to talk about today, hearing from God, listening to Jesus. And I understand fully that as we broach this topic, it, it triggers all sorts of thoughts and feelings for people. For you, it might, it might trigger some thoughts like, can, can we really hear from God? If so, how does that work? Uh, I don't feel like I have, uh, so how, how could I get better at that? Or how, how do you engage this? Uh, for some, it might trigger feelings of inadequacy, thinking, well, I've heard great stories of other people hearing from God, but I don't feel like I ever have. And has God ever spoken to me? And, and all the sub-questions that go with that, like am I different or lesser than somebody else and all that. So understanding that there are all sorts of pitfalls in this and acknowledging the reality of those. We do want to talk uh, uh, about hearing God. There's a great book that was written by Dallas Willard uh, that was titled that, Hearing God. And he names some of these tensions right at the beginning. And he says it so well, I just want to read what he wrote at the very beginning of his book. Here's what he said. Many people feel confused and deficient when it comes to hearing God. In chapter one, you'll meet my wife's grandmother, who was one of these. I knew that her experiences with God were not lacking and that she lived a richly interactive life with God. Yet the language of hearing God made her feel like an outsider looking in. I've come to believe that there are many like this dear woman, befuddled by descriptions others make, which in many cases actually involve reducing the intimacy of communion which God desires to the notion of straining for the sound of an audible voice or, kind of quote, getting a word after letting a nearby Bible fall open. I love that part. And he, he just names this reality that some of us might have had weird experiences in this whole realm of listening to God. Maybe you've had the experience of someone coming to you and saying, God told me to tell you, you know, whatever. And as you listen to that person, it was pretty clear that those weren't the kinds of things Jesus would say to you if Jesus was sitting right there. They came across with kind of a, an edge of 
condemnation and it felt manipulative and it just felt all wrong to you and and maybe a little piece of you said well i never want to do that right or maybe you've heard people talk about how they've sensed god speaking to them and you think man god has really never spoken to me that way it, it, i just have never heard anything that clearly is there something wrong with me you know the feelings of inadequacy and all of that so uh, with all those in mind let's let's think about what the scripture says about how God speaks. First, we have to be clear on the fact that the Bible really does uh, describe God as a communicating God. God speaks all through the scriptures. Just think about some of the stories you might know. Uh, the, The creation account, right? God said, let there be light, and there was light. God really spoke all of the universe, the world, all of life into being with a word. God spoke and things came to be. God spoke to make covenants with people, the covenant in creation and later the covenant with Abram and Sarai. God spoke on Mount Sinai to deliver the law, Exodus 19. Uh, God spoke to rebuke and and, um, encourage his people, Jeremiah 1. In Jesus, God spoke to describe the future, Matthew 24. So God has spoken in the past and God speaks in the present. I'm recording this message on Saturday morning, and it is an absolutely glorious day outside. The sun is shining. It's absolutely beautiful. And it calls to mind one of my favorite psalms. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. You know, we believe that God is speaking right now through the the beauty and amazing reality of creation. So God is speaking now in that way. The scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is speaking to the entire world to bring conviction of sin and righteousness and judgment. That's John 16. The Holy Spirit is speaking to Christians right now, reminding us that we really are children of God, reminding us to embrace this fundamental identity. That's Romans chapter 8. God speaks through scripture uh, by the Spirit to teach, rebuke, correct, and train in righteousness, 2 Timothy. God speaks to provide guidance. There there are all sorts of examples of this in the Bible. I'm I'm thinking of Acts 16. God calls out to Christians by name for the purpose of leading us. We read that scripture this morning, John 10. The Bible's chock full of this. It's crystal clear. God speaks, really. God is a communicating God. But that's not the only takeaway from from the Bible with regard to, uh, to God's communication. The next is maybe more important. God not only speaks, but he speaks in a way that we can hear. He, he wants to be understood and wants to have communication with us. And we, we read part of that today. Let me, let me look at uh, verses 3 and 4 again in John 10. He, meaning Jesus, calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. Right? An, an, an amazing kind of promise in, in the Bible. And a very important implication of Easter. Jesus, who lived and died and rose again and lives right now all for us, is speaking to us right now and he's speaking in a way that we can hear and understand to the degree that we can change our lives to follow him. Uh, In in the Middle East, ancient shepherds led their flocks from the front rather than the back 
I think that's a really important thing because if you're like me, your image of a shepherd might be one who kind of pushes the flock along from behind and every once in a while reels in a straggler to get them to toe the line and head the right direction. But that's not the image that would have been in people's minds when Jesus told this story. The image is of, of the shepherd out in front continuously speaking so that his entire flock is continuously in touch with him by his voice. And they hear the shepherd and are comforted by his voice. And they know where to go because they can hear the shepherd's voice and they follow him because they know his voice. Jesus made this really clear that, that his sheep know his voice. His voice goes out to the whole flock, not just a couple sheep here and there, not just the lead sheep or the, the sheep at the back or something like that. And this is an incredibly important thing for us as Christians. You know, it, hearing God, listening to Jesus is not just for kind of super Christians, like super spiritual people. It's not just for people who have some special gift of prayer or prophecy or some other kind of special gift from God that makes them different or better than all the rest of us. Jesus made it clear. His sheep know his voice. If you're a Christian, you can hear Jesus. You can listen to Jesus. It's an amazing thing uh, for, for every Christian. In fact, listening to Jesus is the only real way we can begin to follow Jesus. I mean, beginning to hear God is the way that we move from, um, from believing in the sense of kind of nodding our internal head uh, to statements of Christian truth to actually aligning our lives to the way that Jesus is directing us. Right? We need to hear from God to do that. It's possible to be a believer and to be almost completely disengaged from seeking to hear God's voice and seeking to receive guidance from God in our, in our everyday lives. Disciples are interested in following Jesus, not just believing things about him. And, and that's the shift here. This is actively following Jesus. How can we better do that by seeking God's voice? And, and the Bible gives us some hints about the way that God speaks. And this is really important, I think, for us to, to understand this correctly. Uh, the prophet Elijah had an experience of God. This is from 2 Kings chapter 19. Let me, let me read this. The Lord said to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? A gentle whisper. A, a still, small voice. When we talk about hearing God, we're talking about a different kind of hearing. It's not the loud stuff. You know, it, it's a different kind of hearing. O only very rarely does God speak in audible ways. There are a couple examples in the scripture, but, but not many. You know, one of the, one of the books that I've uh, most appreciated with regard to trying to hear God is a book uh, written by a woman from the UK named Kath Livesey. 
Her book is, is titled, My Sheep Have Ears. And I have a couple things from her that I'd like to share, but here's the, here's the first one. She writes this, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I don't hear his voice with my physical ears. When I talk about hearing God's voice, I'm talking about hearing him speak to me in a spiritual, internal language. Part of the journey for me in learning this language has been the understanding that I am a spiritual being and that God speaks to me in the language of the Spirit. It's a language of incredible depth and beauty, but a language that's so simple that a child can learn it. What a, what a beautiful thought. You know, the, the gentle whisper of God is a spiritual voice. That's really important. It's a spiritual voice, and we can hear it. Uh, God has given us the ability to hear it. We, we can hear God in, in a variety of ways. You know, thinking about this message all week got me to thinking about how I feel like I've heard God in the past. And it, uh, it got me thinking about kind of regular ways I hear God and, and kind of some special occasions where I feel like I've heard God. And the more regular ways that I feel like I hear God speak or I listen to Jesus are really through reading scripture and listening to sermons. Those seem to be the primary ways that God speaks to me. Um, and, and the way that works for me, uh, like if I'm reading scripture at a devotion time uh, or, or just kind of a reflective reading of it and I'm thinking about it, uh, I'll read a passage, but something almost always stands out. But it's, it's more than just standing out. It's more than just, um, like it's more than a verse or an idea that has captured my attention and it's more than my, my own personal curiosity. It hits with a force and, and a level of kind of reassurance and communication of truth that I know I can't produce on my own. And I've come to understand that as God speaking to me. And often it will be a sense of reassurance or maybe learning something that you've already known, but applying it more broadly or maybe learning it a little bit more deeply, something like that. And, and you know, this is how I experience it, I know that something more happened there. I know that whatever happened right there, I don't have the capacity to create. It, it came to me. It was revealed to me. It was given to me. That, that's the sense of it. So the, the same is kind of true for sermons, that, that, that similar kind of experience. So I feel like that's the primary way that God speaks to me. But there have been some special occasions where I feel like the Lord has said something very directly to me outside of uh, you know, reading the Bible or... or uh, listening to a sermon or something. Uh, I mean, God speaks in a whole a bunch of other ways, too, that we can talk about, but I'm just thinking about a couple here. I have two very specific ones. Uh, before I met Crystal, my wife, and, and before we started dating, a friend here in Grand Rapids had set me up with another woman, and we were dating a little bit, and I was trying to sort through, like, is, is this, do I invest here? Because I, I had been uh, single until I was 40, and I really wanted to be married. I didn't feel called by the Lord to be single. So I wanted to be married, and uh, this woman was absolutely delightful. And I think in my mind, I wanted to say yes and try to pursue her, but there was something else going on. So I just began praying. I actually ended up fasting for three days. I didn't eat any food. All I did was drink water. And the entire time I kept asking, God, is should I pursue this? Should I pursue this relationship? Is this right? And for me, it was a bit like 
uh, Jacob wrestling with God. There was, there was something in me that was kind of saying, I am not giving up until God speaks and clarifies this. Um, and I remember on that third day, I was on my knees in my living room praying, and I hadn't heard anything. It was just kind of big blank silence until then. And just very clearly, not audible, but very clearly in my mind was a no. And it, it wasn't a, a, like a no, you're kind of dumb for not getting this before kind of thing. It was a, a very gentle no. And it came with complete release in my spirit. And I, I knew with absolute certainty that God had spoken to me. And I got up, and as delightful as this woman is, I knew that this was not the right relationship and, and uh, felt completely at peace with that, even though I really wanted to get married. Um, so I know that God spoke to me there. And then another example uh, of a special kind of thing, I used to manage a resort in northern Michigan, and uh, the resort had some condo units that people could buy and, and live there all around. And in the off-season, I had had kind of a long day, and I came back to um, my, my house there on the grounds of the resort. It was about 8 o'clock at night, and I kind of sat down and clicked the TV on. And I very clearly heard, uh, John, you need to go over to uh, this couple's condominium, whom you know. They were up uh, for the weekend, and you need to share the gospel with them. And I've never had anything like that before. And I remember thinking, God, you've, you've got to be kidding. I don't want, I mean, they're going to think I'm weird. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do that. And it's 8 o'clock at night. It's dark outside. It was the fall. And um, I, I know enough about myself that I, I know that I'm motivated by respect, meaning I like other people to respect me, and I can, that can change the ways that I behave and act and everything. So I was really struggling with this because I, I felt like they would think I was a wacko. So I'm surfing channels, turning up the volume, trying to avoid this. And pretty soon, I, just, I was like, okay, Lord, I, it is very clear you are not going to let me rest until I go do this. It was just this pressing sense I had. So I got up. I walk over to their condo, feeling awkward the entire time, knock on the door, feeling awkward, uh, initiate a conversation and some, some chit-chat. And then I, I said something like, well, you guys know that you know in the last few years, my faith has become really important to me. And... I, I was wondering if I might share a little bit. I mean, it was something like that. And I went on and I just shared the entire gospel with them. Uh, and the whole, the whole time the wife was kind of a big smile on her face, nodding, very warm. And the husband was kind of distant and kind of looking at me like I was crazy. So, so I felt like all my worries were confirmed and, and this relationship was not going to go anywhere. Um, so I left and my sense was, okay, I obeyed. I, God told me to do that, and I did it, and that's, I don't know anything else about what's going on. But it was like six or nine months later when I learned that that husband had filed for divorce from his wife. And I always wondered, right when I heard that, I always wondered, and he was filing for divorce because he was having an affair. I always wondered, like, what decision was that guy facing uh, the night that God sent me over to their place? Maybe nothing. I, I, have, I don't know. Um, but the Lord does. Right and 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 God is doing things. Um, so those are those are two very practical examples for me. Probably the only two that have been that clear in my whole life of God speaking in a special way. But God does do that. God really does do that. So uh, so we can we can learn we can apply ourselves to listening. Now again, if you're in the place of saying 
man, that has never happened to me. And I wish it would. You know, I, I want to listen like that. First, let me clarify. I was doing nothing special on those two occasions. Um, well, I guess that's not true. I guess the first one, I was doing something special. I was fasting and seeking the Lord's voice very specifically on that one. So I was pursuing God on that one. Uh, but on the other one, I was just sitting around, right? Uh, the only thing I was doing was not pushing God's voice down at that point. Um, so anyway, how to listen. How can we develop this? How can we build these muscles as, as believers? Let me suggest three things. Repent, pray, and pursue. Repent, pray, and pursue. Uh, now, now, on the repent front, um, well, actually, let me, let me share a quote really quick. Uh, that, that second part from that book by Kath Livesey I mentioned, My Sheep Have Ears, she, she writes this. Over the years, I've taught many different people how to hear God's voice, which has been a tremendous joy and privilege. But in doing this, I've met a number of individuals who find it really hard for all sorts of reasons. Uh, there seem to be huge blocks that get in the way and prevent them from hearing. Some sheep seem to be pretty deaf. I guess I've learned two things from working with the hard of hearing. First, everyone can learn to hear God's voice. There are no permanently deaf sheep in God's flock. And two, the battleground is almost always in the mind. The battleground is almost always in the mind. Uh, And remember, the scripture calls us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That means we're we're called uh, to analyze our thinking and to, to evaluate the thoughts that are shooting through our minds and to take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And if you're a fifth regular, I hope that you remember the biblical definition of the word repent, because I've said it about a hundred times. Repentance means a change of thinking, not just not doing bad stuff you know you're doing, which I think is how we normally interpret it. So repentance is a change of mind, a change of thinking, uh, biblically speaking, and believing, the act of belief, biblically speaking, is aligning your life to that change of thinking. So in our culture, we, we flip the meanings of those when biblically it really is repentance first, change of thinking, belief second, uh, which is an alignment of life, a, 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 an alignment of one's whole life. No silos, no secret closets in life, right? Like an alignment of an entire life to this change of thinking. And then you have an integrated uh, whole self, right? So repentance is, is changing one's mind. So if you're in the place of thinking and, and really almost believing that God does not speak to you, or at least that God doesn't speak to you like he seems to speak to everybody else, I want to submit to you that you might need to repent because the scripture is pretty clear that God speaks to every Christian, that Jesus leads his followers in such a way that they can not only hear his voice, but hear it clearly enough to change their course based on what they hear. And this is just basic to following Jesus. And it's not only basic to how we follow Jesus, it's incredibly reassuring in a difficult time like we're in now that we can actually pursue the Lord and ask, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And and we can stay on that until we get an answer. So 
If you're in the spot of not of believing that God doesn't speak to you, we might need to repent. Next, pray. Just talk to God, seek God, pursue God, not just all speaking, but practice listening prayer, right? There's, there's an entire outreach effort happening right now in the United Kingdom called Try Praying. And the entire thing, it's brilliant in my mind, the entire thing is based on the premise that even people, anybody anywhere, whether they consider themselves a Christian or not, that when you actually pray, when you actually say, Lord, I do not know if you're even real, but God, if you're real, I want to know you. I don't want to fool myself or have the wool pulled over my eyes, but if you're real, I really want to know you. The whole outreach premise of this thing is based on the idea that God will actually speak to people, that God will respond to that, and that people who have never engaged the Christian faith in their life will hear God speak to them and draw them to himself. And it's bearing incredible fruit. There are boatloads of people coming to Christ just because of this idea. Try praying. So if you want to hear God's voice, ask to hear it. Ask the Lord to speak. I mean, try praying. So repent, pray, and finally, pursue. You know, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And what he's talking about is the, the way that we need to engage. We need to seek. You know, the scripture talks about if you, if you seek the Lord as, as, uh, as for hidden treasure, as for buried silver or gold or something like that, then, then that's when we find. When we push all in and really try, give this our best effort, give, give it everything we've got, ask, seek, knock, and we'll receive, um, we'll find, and the door will be opened. So with regard to hearing God's voice, do that. I take that to mean go after it. I mean, we're already repenting and praying, so the pursuing part could be find resources on this. Talk to other people. Ask how they hear God. Uh, I found four books really helpful. I mentioned Hearing God by Dallas Willard. That's a great one. I've mentioned My Sheep Have Ears by Kath Livesey. That's a great one. A local pastor, the pastor at Calvary Undenominational Church, Jim Samra, has written a wonderful little book called God Told Me. It's all about how to receive guidance from God. It's, it's very biblical and very good. Uh, kind of the, the book that made the rounds a couple decades ago, Hearing God's Voice by Henry Blackaby, also very good. So God has given us this tremendous gift of being able to hear him. Right? It's an incredible thing if you think about it. Invest there. Uh, it's the first step in following Jesus. I mean, learning to pursue the question, what is God saying to me? What is God saying to me? And it's much larger than you should do this or you're not doing good enough over there. You know, that we kind of reduce it to that. God wants to speak reassurance and, and comfort and confidence into us as believers. I, I really do believe that. And once we're able to, to begin to answer that question, what is God saying to me? Then we move on to the next question. What am I going to do about it? How am I actually going to follow uh, God in this? How, how will I uh, uh, change my course based on what I'm hearing God say to me? So hearing God, listening to Jesus. Um, before we close, let me just take this moment to invite you to our Monday night video class. Throughout this series, I've been doing kind of a follow-up to the sermon on Monday nights by Zoom call. 
uh, for the purpose of unpacking kind of the practical application of the sermon and, and then going a little bit deeper with some tools that we can use uh, to apply this to our lives and, and to kind of think about it. So if you haven't engaged that and have time, Monday night at, uh, at 7 o'clock, please join us. If you need a, a link for that, just email me at jsherrill at fifthrc.org, and I'll be happy to send you uh, the meeting invitation. Would love to, to join you. I'm sure the group would love to have you join us too. So, uh, In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Pray with, pray with me, would you? God, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you uh, that you're so good to us that you speak to us. You are speaking to us right now. Tune our ears to you. Tune our hearts and our minds and our spirits to you that we might uh, use every resource you've given us to hear what it is that you're saying to us. Uh, Thank you, God, that you are a communicating God. Thank you that your desire is for us to hear you and follow you. Uh, pour out your spirit on us to that end. Help us in that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, and we pray in your name. Amen.